What's up everybody? It's Dan from Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office. It is um, a balmy 90 something degrees outside. It's hotter than hell right now. Um, so yeah, just finished up the work day. It's about five o'clock in the afternoon. So figured I'd burn out a podcast. Um, thanks everybody for listening and enjoying them. I do appreciate the feedback. Um, you know, it's just been hit or miss lately getting these things done, uh, you know, just timing and, and whatnot. Um, by the time I think that I need to do one, it's, you know, eight o'clock at night and whatever. So, um, we are working on the home office. So hopefully I'll be able to record these from home also. So when I do think of it at eight o'clock, I can do it instead of, you know, having to wait because the uh, microphone and stuff normally lives here in the shop office. So anyway, thank you everybody for your continued support, Patreon, uh, the YouTube subscriptions and likes and shares and all that. It's uh, very helpful. So I appreciate it a lot. So because it's hot and all that, I thought today I would tell a story. A story about how a wee lad uh, in his first Scout 2 decided to go snow wheeling on a whim with pretty much no preparation. <laughs> so people ask me all the time like how I know what I know or how I learned everything and I learned everything from wrecking a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I ruined a lot of things. I ruined myself. I probably should have died four or five times uh, over my life uh, as far as in the scout, scout realm goes, you know, stuff falling off jack stands and getting stuck in the mountains by myself in the dark. Um, you know, just things like that. I've learned the hard way. And so now, lucky for you guys, I get to share <laughs> share that experience. And hopefully, you guys don't uh, end up the same way. So, I want to say it was probably 2003, 2004. I had my... 73 Scout 2, uh, 345, automatic, Dana 20. I had done a spring over on international pickup axles. So I had parted out a 75 pickup. And had I known the 75 pickups were special back then, I would not have parted it out. <laughs> but being 23 years old, 24 years old, and not knowing anything, I parted out this 75, and um, yeah, put the axles under my scout. And so it had Dana 60 rear, 44 front, 
you know, flat top, knuckles, full width, disc brakes, all that. Because uh, the original, because it was a 73, it had a Dana 30 with drum brakes uh, originally, which I blew up that axle immediately uh, with pretty much stock tires. Uh, and it just, yeah, that 30 front end did not like that. So anyways, so I'm trying to paint a picture here. <laughs> the Scout had uh, spring over. I had 34 inch. So they were 34 by 9 by 16 Super Swampers. They were grave diggers. That's what my old friend Gary calls them. Calls them grave diggers. Because you don't go forward, you just go down. And in the snow and stuff like that. That's not what you want. Well, my scout was rough, ran good, drove good. It was okay wheeler, didn't have a locker, no lockers or anything like that, but it articulated well being sprung over and the full width was cool. And, um, you know, it was just enough to get me into trouble. So, uh, this was probably Oh, I'd say March, February, March. So, you know, early, early spring, late winter. And my buddy Phil, who has a scout also, stopped by. And his scout is built. Uh, it's like a sleeper, I would call it. Uh, it was, um, you know, 73, 74, 44s, Molly's. ARB's front and rear, um, two inch lift springs, maybe, um, Dana 300, T19 wide ratio, uh, you know, just a bunch of stuff like that. And I had some, some skid plates underneath and whatnot, but he was running 32 inch tall swampers. And so we decided that, uh, he stopped by and was like, Hey, let's go wheeling. It was dark. So I'm like, okay, this sounds like a great idea. With minimal preparation, um, I didn't, I don't think I had, I didn't have anything. I, I mean, I might've had a toe strap and a chunk of chain and like a shitty toolbox with like four flathead screwdrivers in it and <laughs> hit the gas station and then headed up Sawtell and if you're from the Malala area, the, the Northwest Portland Metro, you know Sawtell is a road that goes up the Cascade foothills, uh, gets you up quite a ways. I think, I think maybe the highest elevation you hit on Sawtell is maybe 4,000 feet, maybe. But on the valley side, that's pretty high. The, the valley is what we call the, the Portland Metro area from from Vancouver down to, you know, past Eugene a little bit and call that the valley. Anyways, so 4,000 feet's a pretty good, pretty good height for the valley. And so anyways, it had been snowing quite a bit, lots of snow in the hills. We were just going to go up, just kind of check it out, see what the snow was like, you know. And it had been warm and it had rained some. And so the scout, my scout, um, you know, leaked, of course, leaked around the windows and top gaskets, whatever. But 
and of course I was wearing Carhartts, uh, thermals, um, you know, Danner, I think I had Danner leather boots. You know, I wasn't wearing flip-flops and shorts, but I also wasn't wearing snow pants or rain gear or anything like that. So, because you know, what, what could happen? What could go wrong? And so we start heading up Sawtell and we get up and a couple of switchbacks. We start climbing. The road starts to get, you know, packed snow. And if you've been on those snowy roads that get driven on over and over and over again, you know, someone will drive on them and it'll pack down the tracks, but the center will stay built up. And then it snows again and it gets packed down, but the center stays high. And it's just this kind of shitty process where the snow in the middle of the road will be a good foot deeper than the snow where the tire tracks are. And then also it's softer. So if you stay on the tire tracks, you will you'll get pretty far. But as soon as you slide off of that packed tire track, you can slide off into a couple of feet of snow. And so we're up there and we're cruising along and we're, you know, chattering on the CB and um, there's this one switchback that's kind of sharp and real slick. I was just super packed and chopped up. You could tell people had been having trouble going up that. And, you know, I open, open diffs pretty much. I may have about halfway around the turn and it doesn't just, you know, spinning tires and throwing slush. And of course, Phil, he goes around me with his ARBs and, and all that. And no problem gets up. And then he's like heckling me from above. Uh, so I back up and I give it another shot and, you know, spinning tires. And then I back up and I go to go and there's nothing. Like, like I'm in neutral. Nothing. And I'm like, well, that's weird. You make sure I'm in drive. Make sure the transfer case is in low. I'm like, just rev an engine and not going anywhere. So I tell Phil I'm not moving. And of course, I don't have a flashlight. Uh, I don't have no light at all. <laughs> so Phil comes down with his little, you know, mag light or I think those Surefire LED flashlights had just come out and Phil's kind of a gear, a gear guy. So anytime something new and cool comes out, he usually gets it. And I think he had one of those cause it was brighter and shit, but I, you know, the scouts stuck on this middle of the switchback. It's, you know, probably, oh man, late. I don't know how late it is, but it's late, dark. It's raining now. So we're in the snow, but it's raining. And I got to figure out what's wrong with the truck. I got nothing to lay on. So I just lay down in the, in the snowy slush and it only takes about mm, four or five minutes and i'm completely soaked through from you know head to toe front to back well i realized while i was under there that one of my transmission cooler lines had ruptured and pretty much just shat itself it dumped all the fluid that i had in the transmission and so we were able to cut the piece out. Um, yeah, how do we do that? 
trying to remember. I think we chopped the piece of line out and then looped the lines back together. Um, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't be running out to the cooler anymore. It would just be going, you know, out the outlet and back in the inlet, which is terrible for those things because they need some sort of, of cooling. But at the same time, we needed to get off of the mountain. So uh, I dig around in the back of my scout and I've got like two quarts of transmission fluid, maybe. Uh, and then a quart, <laughs> I think I had a quart of 30 weight engine oil and then phil he rummaged around in his and he because he has manual and all that had one quart of atf for his power steering and also had two or three quarts of, of 1030 or whatever engine oil and i was like well i guess that's it so we had to fashion a funnel out of like a piece of newspaper or like a cardboard or something and where, you know, you roll it up at, a, at diagonally so it makes a funnel and like, jammed it in there. And just started dumping in all the fluid that we could. And uh, luckily, it was enough to get this truck to move again. But, uh, you know, we knew we had a limited amount of time to get down with it circulating back into itself. And I didn't know what that engine oil was doing to the internals of that transmission. Uh, but I didn't care. I was soaked. I was frigid. I was shaking. I was like convulsing. Like I, I thought I was, it was, I was so tense and like tightened up that I thought I was going to like throw up just from my guts being squeezed so tight from my muscles. Like I don't think I had ever been that cold before. And I don't think I've ever been that cold since, um, it was it was cold um and yeah i know you guys in the midwest are like oh you you should come down here to the minus 20. I'm like this was different i was soaking wet like jump into your frozen lake hang out in there for five to seven minutes while you're trying to fix your stuff then jump out and you know tell me how cold it is because that's what i did pretty much uh, there was literally, and I hate using that word like this, but there was literally a stream of water running through where I was laying. And uh, it, it was cold. So once we knew that the truck would move, I ended up stripping down to just my thermals, uh, driving. I drove home barefoot. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I was cold. <laughs> You know, this was pre-cell phone. Well, I mean, there were cell phones, but I didn't have one. Phil didn't have one. Uh, and if we did, it probably wouldn't have worked up there anyways. But I uh, got the truck back to the house. Um, we had a pellet stove in that little house my roommate uh, had going. So when I got there, I pretty much just sat on the pellet stove trying to warm back up. I just was like a drowned rat, you know, 100, 140 pounds and, you know, just frigid. And uh, eventually, eventually warmed back up. And the next day, Phil went home. And the next day, I went out there and the scout, um, I drove it to town. Because I, I don't know if that might have been my only rig or not. Maybe my only running rig. But uh, I drove it to town and it was shifting weird 
it was doing things that it wasn't normally doing and I knew that I had done transmission damage uh, and I don't know if that was from running it out of fluid and you know revving it up and doing all that or if it was from the um, from the uh, oil engine oil being in it um, I don't know I don't have enough experience with those things to to know what it what it was but I just know that the transmission was not happy at all and uh, so had to have it rebuilt the rebuilder didn't say anything about uh, you know find anything funny in there I uh, just he said the clutches were kind of burnt but uh, I think it was slipping through the bands just I don't know it's hard to say but it got me out in a pinch and some of that is the motivator for the medicine cabinets that we sell now um, you know the the scout 2 medicine cabinets carry five quarts of fluid so i generally would do like when i loaded it before i would have three quarts of oil and two quarts of atf um i think sometimes depending on what's going on i would probably go two quarts of oil and three quarts of atf but i don't know if three quarts of atf would have got me off of that mountain or not um but anyway it's just um it's good to be a little bit more prepared uh i always make sure i have a light now and no matter what truck i'm in i've always got a headlamp make sure that it works um always have fluids um i try and let people know where i'm going because i don't think we had told anybody phil might have told somebody where we were going but i sure as heck didn't so had i got up there got soaking wet trying to fix the truck and if i had not been able to fix the truck i would have been screwed i would have probably got hypothermia and died up there um because i would have been soaked i would have had no dry clothes i don't know if i had something to start a fire and even if i could have started a fire it was raining so hard again it's the Pacific Northwest rainforest. Even if I'd started a paper fire in the back of the scout and, you know, got some, some branches burning inside the scout, which probably would have killed me. Um, but you know, there was, I don't think that I could have built a fire out there even with good, you know, matches or lighter or whatever. So, you know, that's why I pack, I have fire starting stuff now in the trucks i've got a tarp that normally i take you know the tarp goes everywhere uh so i'm sorry the tarp goes everywhere when i go wheeling um i do have a tarp in the service bed of the black truck but i just make sure that i have a tarp when i'm out wheeling um but yeah if i if i had not been able to get off that that mountain i don't know how it would have turned out but you know, I had to get under the truck to get, to fix that transmission line. And, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things. So it's, it's, you know, I learned kind of how to keep my eye on stuff and prepare for problems like that. And then all that problems like that happen. That's never happened to me since uh, any of my rigs. And I really like automatics, uh, in my wheelers. I, my black scout that I took to King of the Hammers has a 
727 in it. And, you know, it's uh, it is a good for me. I enjoy it. I enjoy automatics when I'm wheeling. So I just have to prepare for it. And like I said, I haven't had a line failure since. Um, so anyway, I did. I learned a lot on that on that trip. But there's a couple other snow trips that I've been on that I have learned a lot too. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll save those for another time, another day when it's hotter than hell and we need a reminder of being frozen cold. So we're going to probably cut it short. I know it's only been 20 minutes, but uh, that was my story. So anyway, thanks again, everybody for listening. Um, tell your friends, please subscribe, like it, share it. Let everyone know, mention it on the uh, forums and Facebook groups. And it all helps. Every little bit helps. So till next time, I'm Dan from Binder Boneyard. Yard.